and gentlemen, Fourth and Trollers, welcome back to Fourth and Troll Fantasy, the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. I am Noah Selby. I'm Wes Selby. And we are back for another fantastic episode of Fourth and Troll Fantasy. Wes, how are you doing? How are things? It's been a week. We only ever talk on the pod, like I've said before. So how, what have you done? <laughs> right. There's never any communication outside of fourth and troll fantasy. Thank God yeah. this exists. Otherwise I'd have no idea what hey, you do. We with wouldn't life. talk. Yeah. Right. Well, let me update you. Um, yeah. Week's been good. Uh, it's starting to feel like summer in Los Angeles, which is very strange because normally you think of sunny California, but this year it's been wild. A lot of rain, Start the year, so the sun is out, not too hot, but definitely hot enough that we had a pool day over the weekend. Girlfriend and I uh, traveled a little further down south to uh, the Laguna area, had a nice pool day with some good friends of ours, played some board games, had a little bit of rum. It's a good time, man. Had a really Dude, nice summer a, day. What a blast. I know. It's really great. Very needed. You, How are you? You could have told week? me. It was good. Yeah, you could have told me, Laguna, what you could have said. Just drove like six hours east or went to Laguna and I'd be like, Yeah, California is that. Like it's it's just California. I don't, <laughs> right. I don't know where anywhere stuff is, is. But yeah, yeah, it's just anywhere is we just we just dude, went over uh ascended six miles it's like, to Laguna. I should say and, it's it's like halfway between Los Angeles and San Diego. That's kind of, as a general okay. map, if that makes any more lovely difference for you. Anyway. Fun. All right, your turn. How's your week? How's everything? Yeah. It was, it was a good week. It was a little hectic, as we said last week. I was in Georgia uh, two weeks ago. Got back from Georgia, and uh, pretty much uh, my wife and I immediately had to do some, uh, essentially just quick turnaround packing because we found out that we were approved to move into a new two-bedroom apartment in our complex, get a little more Look space, which is why I am in a different new location view. now. A little bit of a different spot here. Uh not at, no longer at the at the famous table there in the dining room. We the have now famous table. moved to yeah moved to a new location here. So big weekend, little 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 sleepy, a little tired, but uh, you know we made it through, and now we're and now we're through, and we're good to go, and we're back with fourth and troll fantasy. So it's wonderful, fun times all around, and it'll be a lot of fun to have this episode today. We got a packed show. We're gonna do. Go through like a bunch of different players. I think about about a dozen different players here, because we are going over our twenty twenty three fantasy football my guys. And not only are we going over twenty twenty three fantasy football my guys, we are also talking about players that we are reaching on. And these are guys that are special, not special enough to be my guy, but they're close. They are worth reaching on. And then we are also going to talk about some guys that we are avoiding in drafts. We are just saying, nope, no thank you, not about it. We've talked about these people a little bit before on social media, on previous podcasts. We're going to hit you with an info overload here and just drill it into you guys. So that'll be a lot of fun. We're excited for it. First things first, though, you can get all our social media on the screens here, drop some stats, stuff like that. They're up on the screen, including now our TikTok handle, which is cool. I didn't, Wes, we didn't even mention that. Dude, I totally forgot to mention that. As I oh, yes, yes, yes. Weekend. <laughs> guys, if you guys contributed to this, awesome. Thank you so much. If you haven't, I hope, like, let's get you on our TikTok because 
We had a couple TikToks go back to back over 10,000 views this weekend, which was really cool. Something we've never done before, which is a fun time. It was cool to see no longer like four numbers there. It's just now four characters. It's like the 10.7K at the end of it. It's pretty cool to see that. And also, just to the just an admission of uh, truth, uh, we have no idea how TikTok works because those TikToks are about <laughs> Baker Mayfield and Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, Random players, and uh, then we posted some TikToks about Tua Tunga Bailoa and Travis Kelsey, and those did nowhere near the same amount of views. So, if anyone knows how TikTok works, <laughs> drop it in the comments because we're still figuring Please, it out. Tell us Please. what's the key. We'd love to have lots of videos go for 10k plus, but we have no idea what to do. So, uh, whenever we get a payroll, we might hire some social media analysts or something like that. Who knows? We'll see. May, may, <laughs> keep supporting the show so we right. get a payroll so we know. What to do on TikTok yes. is the moral of the story here. Uh, but anyways, that TikTok <laughs> handle is on the, on the on the screen now. It's at Fourth and Troll. Um, while you're at it, obviously, always like, subscribe, ring the bell, leave a comment, let us know what you think. Now, Wes, to you with the news of the NFL. What do we need to know right now? What's going on? Oh, it's time to dive into all the crazy stuff that happened over the week, baby. Nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> Back to you with sports. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we want to bring you the news as much as we can. Don't think that we're slacking off here. Nothing's going on yet. Like we're not there's nothing to talk about yet. We're still we promise you when there is, you will know. Because for the troll will bring defensive it to you. defensive stuff have happened here and there. It's not as much of an impact. It's like, you know, when we heard Jalen Ramsey went to the Dolphins. Oh, that's interesting. That might make a right. huge difference. But that we've talked about that in the past. Nothing. Nada. Nothing it's the offseason. You will know when Dalvin Cook lands on a team. You'll know when DeAndre Hopkins finds his home. You'll know if Zeke gets some team to buy into him you'll know all this stuff just hang around this show is more than the news because now it's time for my guys and reachers and uh some of our players we're gonna avoid let's jump into this noah let's freaking do it dude this is gonna be a lot of fun my guys last year um let's do it west just an impromptu do i mean i remember my my guys it was mike evans and uh rashad bateman i believe were my two my guys and uh like those weren't good because those guys from Shaw Baby got hurt and Tom Brady decided to decline immensely. So, yeah. um, except I, for you know, week 18, Mike Evans, there you go. Wow, wow good job! Yeah, and, wow. <coughs> I, all I remember nice. for me it's was back, uh, <laughs> it's back, it's it's back. I had I had Julio Jones actually because he was like a 12th yeah. round pick last year and it was like easy risk, no risk potentially high reward none of it panned out it was fine i actually forget who the other player i had as one of my my other my guy unless you remember but we got some other players this year that i'm excited about though i'm not sure i remember it might be in our in our notes somewhere so maybe at some point in the show we'll figure it out or something like that but um who knows that was season one we're on season two we're on season it's a two, new baby. season, new year, yeah. new me, new new year, new you, new us, new new Tuddy. Actually, same Tuddy, um, same Tuddy. New apartment, new yeah. dude, new apartment. There it is. Nice. Dude, new apartment, dude. Rounded it out. It was like a, like a yeah. perfect note to turn perfect melody. Um, <laughs> listen, we're gonna jump into my guys here. We each have two my guys as much as we want to have 
more than two. We had to nail it down, guys. And then we have two my guys each. Wes, get us rolling here with who who is your first my guy and let us know why. Yeah, my first my guy, I feel like I'm stealing him from you because you began to make the point maybe a couple episodes ago and I just it just sucked. It, it's stuck. I tried to say he sucks. Sunk. <laughs> this guy sucks. Here's why he's my, I my guy. <laughs> Couldn't decide if I want to say sunk in or stuck with me. So it's just like mm, very suck, my guy. Very... Anyway, but it stuck with me. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Okay. Sorry. Mar oh, man. Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown Marquise is Brown. one of my my guys for this season because when you made the point that he was a top five wide receiver without DeAndre Hopkins those first five weeks, I wanted to just look at those stats and I'm buying in big time. He was wide receiver six after the first six weeks averaging 18.2 points per game during that stretch. And, and he was right there with Cooper Cup when he was healthy and Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs, Jamar, I mean, he was there with the guys that we know around one, oh, of course, Justin Jefferson, the round one talent from last year, that's now the round one talent of this year. He was in that mix without DeAndre Hopkins. I'm so excited for that. And I wanted to look to see what else was going on in Arizona. The next closest wide receiver averaged 7.9 points per game. It was uncontested. Zach Gertz did well in those first few games as well, but no other wide receiver even had half the points that he was putting out there. And I know some may put like a contingency on whether Kyler Murray returns, if he does, what timetable that's going to be. But... Look, Marquise Brown proved me wrong last year. I did not think he was going to be a top wideout going from Baltimore to Arizona. He proved me wrong. He has proven to be a wide receiver one without DeAndre Hopkins last year, and that will continue to happen this year. And he's going in the late seventh round. The early eighth round of people are reaching around him. This guy that was putting up 18 points a game without DeAndre Hopkins is falling there. Mine, mine in every league I can get. That's why Marquise Brown is a my guy this season. Yeah. I commonly hear the, and we've had a little comment about this. I commonly hear the argument against Marquise Brown is, well, Kyler's not going to play. Who's his quarterback going to be? Okay, if Kyler Murray's not playing for that football team, do you think they're winning more and throwing the ball less? Like, no. They're th like the game script for this team is going to be I don't anticipate the Arizona Cardinals to be ahead in very many games. I think they will be throwing the football a lot. A lot of, of the time in these throughout this season. I think the Cardinals are going to be throwing the ball. Okay, um Third-round rookie wide receiver Michael Wilson, who didn't play ever a full season in college, or Greg Dortch. Are, are, is he going to eat into those wide receiver targets? Okay, like, Zagreb's coming back from an injury, maybe. Trey McBride is an interesting prospect for, like, late, late round if you're waiting on tight end. But, like, Marquise is going to be the guy to throw to. And, like, yeah, he's going to be good whether Kyler is there or not. 
And especially when yeah. Tyler is there because, Wes, as we always talk about, best friend syndrome, baby. Best friend uh. syndrome. Those guys gel together. I love it. I love Marquise Brown. I'm uh, I'm a little bummed I'm not going to get him in our drafts now because he's you're my guy and, you know, my, here, maybe, maybe uh, I'll reach. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe I'll have to reach on him because, <laughs> uh, yeah. no, but he is a, a fantastic first my guy of the show. I, I, I love Marquise Brown a whole lot. So I'm, ex- I'm excited that he's your my guy. And congratulations because you are going to win your fantasy league. Thank you. And I, I, I do think that he is worth taking in every single league. And I do think yeah. that there is a genuine opportunity for him to be more because by the time you get him in a draft, he's going to be on your bench. What a treasure that is. Anybody gets hurt on your team, great. Maybe use trade bait, whatever it is. It's going to be phenomenal. I pass the torch to you, Noah. It's your turn to share your first my guy of this episode. Who is it? Well, here we are again. Another day, another episode, another opportunity for me to talk about Tennessee Titans tight end, Chico Ziemo Conquo. <laughs> and nobody is surprised. Nobody's surprised. <laughs> He's probably the easiest my guy I've ever decided on. It, uh, he's he's probably something a broken record at this point, but I cannot get enough of Chico Conquo. He's entering into his second season in the league after after a rookie year of showing flashes, but there's a lot of things about Chico Conquo that are going under the radar that I want to talk about just for a second. Just for a second, I want to talk about him. Listen, when you talk about the history of, of Tennessee Titans tight ends who have shown flashes, we had Jonu Smith who was – a very interesting option in fantasy when he was playing in Tennessee. They were manufacturing touches for him. I, I think he had an end-around touchdown in that season, I'm pretty sure. Like, handed the ball off to him on the sweep. Like, it was like, what are we doing here? But they're getting their playmakers involved. And then, obviously, if you've been playing fantasy for a while, we can talk about Delaney Walker, who was a top eight fantasy tight end three straight years, was the tight end eight in 2014, the tight end two in 2015, and the tight end five in 2016. These these tight ends in Tennessee somehow are just being the guys here, but I want to go. I want to go deeper. I want to go on a deeper level here. Chico Conquo last season had four finishes as the tight end nine or better. Yet he only played one game last season in which he was on the field for more than fifty eight percent of the snaps. And that was week 15. He played 60% of the snaps. That's right. Those four top nine finishes last year. He was a tight end nine in a game where he had he only played 24% of the snaps. He had 15 fantasy points. He was a tight end eight in a game where he played 58% of the snaps. He had, thir- he had 14 fantasy points. He was a tight end seven in a game where he played 43% of the snaps. And he had 16 fantasy points. He was a tight end three in a game where he had only 49% of the snaps and he had 23 fantasy points in that game. He had just eight games last season where he played more than 40% of the snaps. Yet he had the same amount of finishes inside the top nine as Philadelphia Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard. He, He was second on the team in receiving yards amongst all pass catchers as well as tied for first in tight first in touchdowns again all despite playing more than 58% of snaps in a game just once he's primed guys he's primed for a year to breakout he's set to be the clear second target and potentially even first target given that fellow second year man Traylon Burks is the only real competition for targets on this offense this season now 
I'll close my monologue here with a little metric that we've all heard me talking about this year, and that's yards per route run. Yards per route run essentially takes into account the number of times a pass catcher runs a route and how many yards they gain on those routes, objectively providing a better indicator of production than other metrics like yards per reception or even yards per target. But perhaps what's most impressive about last year with Chico Conquo is the fact that his 2.61 yards per route run led all tight ends in the league and ranked second in the entire NFL behind only Tyreek Hill. I have said it many times, but Chico Conquo is one of my favorite players and probably is my favorite player right now in fantasy football. The potential for him to break out as one of the next generation of great tight ends is massive. He's being drafted as a tight end 13 in the 14th round of fantasy drafts, and I am all in. He's the easiest my guy I have ever chosen. Finished. Like, finished. (laughs) Fiend. Nothing else to comment on. You have the excitement. You have the math. You've got the maths, baby. You've got the evidence. I'm buying in. Let's ride this this chig train with you and see where it takes us because (laughs) I I think what you were maybe saying about me with like Devonta Smith being a top five wide receiver this year, more outlandish things have been said. It's possible. I'm excited about, about uh, the slim Reaper. If you nail this (laughs) Fourth and Troll, please, please tell your friends about Fourth and Troll. Spread the word and say, this is the podcast that predicted Chigokonkwo was going to be a breakout tight end. Who knows this? This guy does. Fourth and Troll. Huzzah. I love it. I have nothing else to add. That was so exciting for me. I was so excited writing these notes on this. I was like, I can't wait to just go in. Because I I know I mentioned yards per route run. People were like, oh, maybe we don't. That sounds like an important metric. I don't know what that means. Just put the context on it. And and just look, it was the production with the lack of opportunity that was like, dude, he's playing less than 60% of snaps all year. And he's, he's got, like, I know Dallas Goddard was hurt. But he had the same amount of top nine tight end finishes. Like it's like, what what are we doing here? Like it's just I can't wait to see him, you know, flourish, be a playing a big role. Uh throughout OTAs, you get some, you know, interviews where he was saying, you know, I, I know my role on this team and you know, to lead that tight end room and to be be a big influence here. So I'm excited for it. And just listen, whether it's Will Levis or whether it's Ryan Tannehill, whoever it is, I'm just I'm excited. I'm excited You're about Chico man. I know. I'm too, I'm too pumped. I mean, I need to go run a lap while you tell us your next my guy, Wes. Who's, <laughs> who's your next my guy? Let Hit us with it. Let me know. The second and final my guy on my list is Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver, Kadarius Toney. Uh, last year, I predicted he might be a week one sleeper. I had this feeling he was going to carry over what he did the previous year with the Giants. That really, if you know the name Kadarius Tony, it's for two reasons. One, it's you watched his game against the Dallas Cowboys, and you've held on to that from the 2021 season, and you are praying that he actually is healthy enough to play. 
The second reason you know his name is because you watch the Super Bowl. And that is where I hang my hat on and just know that he has the potential. He played most of the regular season once he went to Kansas City. So those of us that have injury concerns about whether he's going to play for most of the season, he did pretty well once he got to Kansas City. Maybe because he was playing for a good team. You don't know. You don't know what's going on there. But he played, point being, the top wideout for Patrick Mahomes is falling to the 10th round. And I know the kind of agility Kadarius Tony has. And you saw that punt return. You saw the touchdown. You saw what he did. This is the guy I want on my team because if he is even a sliver, an inkling of who he can be with Mahomes, I... I would not be surprised if there's even this idea that Tyreek Hill is in the past as one of one of Mahomes' best wideout options because Kadarius Tony could be something like that. I mean, it's all potential, but for all of the, I mean, who's going to compete? Travis Kelsey, yes, obviously, but the next wide receiver who's going to compete? Sky Moore. I mean, Kansas City right now, they're already talking about Kadarius as the top wide receiver. He's leading the wide receiver room. You talk about Chig being the leader of the tight end room. Kadarius is wide receiver one for Patrick Mahomes. Yes, I want to take that. There's no risk. He's a 10th round talent in the in this draft. Fine. Give me Kadarius Tony. Maybe he blows up and he's going to be incredible for Kansas City. And we saw what Patrick Mahomes did with my aunt like no i mean anybody was on that team it was my aunt my neighbor's dog got six touchdowns anything can happen in kansas city Kadarius tony my last my guy for this season well wes i did you were, you were speaking to the right crowd because i did indeed watch that game against the dallas cowboys <sighs> and i had my mind blown i was just oh my goodness this guy is incredible and then i also watched the super bowl and i watched that and i went my goodness this guy is incredible and so all signs point to, you know, we haven't seen a wide receiver. I don't want to say be fantasy relevant since Tyreek Hill left. Because Juju had Juju was like a for like the first half of the season, I feel like Juju was almost like an every week like flex kind of option there. And and again, it's one of those things of like, how can you not be? You're the top wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes. So it's it's tough to like quantify like no that's not worth it or no that's not you know like that's not worth um you know drafting or, or whatever it's not worth the spot on my team i believe that Kadarius tony is a special player and i really really hope that andy reed schemes up offensive playbook or plays that that use him how we know he can be used because he's so special he he moves like um now, I know it's either D'Angelo Hall or Dante Hall. I can't remember. Dante. I are both players. I can't remember who was the wide receiver. Dante was the wide receiver. Yep. He moves like Dante Hall. Literally, quite, quite literally a human joystick. Like, he is, like, all over the place. He can stop on a dime. We saw it in Florida. We saw it when he was with the Giants. We saw it with little slimmer. Little slimmer. Sli, sliver? Sli, sliver? Sure. Sh- sliver. A little slot. Last year oh, of uh, <laughs> um, we saw it last year. Obviously, it's just in little bits and pieces, but it's 
I am so hopeful that he ends up a legitimate number two option because one, obviously Travis Kelsey is always going to be the number one option in the passing game. Two, I don't like guessing because we had to do that so many times last year <laughs> with the Chiefs. I don't like guessing. Right. I'm like, okay, is this going to be the Juju game? Is this going to be the Marcus Valdez-Scantley game? Is Justin Watson going to score a touchdown in this game? Is this going to be the Michael Hardman game? I don't like guessing. I would love for there to be a set of plays that make Kadarius Tony the clear wide receiver one. And I'm not, I'm not like too worried about. I know they drafted the receiver out of Ole Miss. I think Rasheed Rice is out of Ole Miss. I don't remember exactly which college he went to, but I know they drafted a receiver. I don't know if I'm super worried about that. I just, I, I just don't want to be guessing anymore. So I'm on the the train with you, Wes. Make Kadarius Tony the next. Yeah. Tyreek Hill for this team, please, because I want to see it and please. I want to be able to, and in leagues that I'm not with you in, I want to be able to, which actually I don't think there are any. So I think, I think every league that we <laughs> have the potential to play in, we do. So I'm, I'm on board with it. So I, I like it. Kadarius Tony is a good one. Yeah. It's, he just has that opportunity to be a phenomenal player in the NFL. And I love yeah. that he's fallen to the 10th round because then I have nothing else to risk. All right, close out our My Guy segment, Noah, with your final My Guy for the 2023 season. Three words 12th overall pick. 12th overall pick. I'm going into every draft this year planning to get Jameer Gibbs. He is my second My Guy. As we discussed on the show, for some reason, Dan Campbell and his coaching staff absolutely hated DeAndre Swift. If they could have, they would have framed him for murder. They hated this guy so much. But um, you know what? I think this uh, – I'm going to be honest here. I was on a roll there, and then I lost my place in my notes, and I feel so silly, you guys. I'm so sorry, controllers. <laughs> I was so trying to go guy. so smooth with that, and then I got so mixed up. Um, <clears throat> as we discussed on the show, Dan Campbell and his coaching staff hated – DeAndre Swift. And for that reason and others, it felt like we never got to see DeAndre Swift be unleashed in the NFL. We all thought, we watched the Georgia tape, and we went, this guy is going to be incredible. This guy's going to be the next um, prime Darren Sproles, the next da- prime Danny Woodhead, the next Christian McCaffrey. Like we, he had the skill set, pass catching, running, everything. We thought it was going to be incredible. Well, when your coaches hate you, that doesn't happen, I guess. So I feel strongly that we are about to see what we thought DeAndre Swift Unleashed would be with Jameer Gibbs here. When you take a guy 12th overall, you have a clear plan to use that guy. It's not like, a, yeah, we'll mix him in. No. When you take someone 12th overall, he is a part of your offense and a key part of your offense. You know he is going to be a part of your team. We can all agree last year was a tough year for DeAndre Swift. It was his first year finishing outside the top 18 at the running back position in fantasy football. He only had five games where he played more than 50% of the snaps. He missed three games with injury. And yet, all of that considered, he still saw 70 targets last year. 70 targets, you guys. Jameer Gibbs had to step right into the DeAndre Swift role and could truly see what it could have been at its max potential if, the, if DeAndre Swift was playing on only five games where he played more than 50% of snaps, what are we going to see with Gibbs here in this offense? And the, with a guy they love, they love, they went and got, they want to use him. This is going to be something really, really special, it feels like. 
Last year, Alabama, let's talk about Gibbs for, or in college for a second. Last year, Alabama, Jameer Gibbs was rushing for 6.1 yards per carry. That'd be good for first in the NFL amongst all running backs last year. In the receiving game, he was riding at 10.1 yards per catch. That would have led all running backs in the NFL last year. His skill set is something wildly special. And I cannot wait to see how the Lions use this guy. People want to talk about, well, it was college. It wasn't as hard as players. Alabama has an incredible O-line. They recruit everybody. They scout everybody. Uh, the Lions have a great O-line. They Their running back room like, like had, I mean, I didn't pull a stat. Their running back room led for like, like accounted for like, like almost like 300 and something fantasy points. Like their running back room combined last year or so, something insane like that. Obviously we know Jamal Williams had the touchdowns and stuff, but like Jameer Gibbs is being drafted in the fourth round of fantasy drafts right now. I'd be thrilled to take him as my top running back on my team this year. If I do that, that allows me to just load up on wide receivers, top-tier guys that will elevate me above the competition the rest of the league. Like, Jameer Gibbs in the fourth round is somebody that I am taking every single time and probably somebody that I'd take a round earlier if I needed to. I'd get two top receivers and Jameer Gibbs and then get more wide receiver talent afterwards. Like, it's just Jameer Gibbs is somebody really special, and I'm so excited to see what this guy does for the Lions. That's, That's my spiel. There you go. It's fantastic, especially because before the draft, you and I were skeptical on Jameer Gibbs. We didn't know of these teams that need a running back. And it makes sense what's happened now. That is because the funniest we considering... part of all of this. Yeah. Which of those teams needed a running back that we thought would be the best fit for Jameer Gibbs? Maybe two of them. The Lions were never on our radar because they didn't need a running back. But they did draft him anyway. And, of course, that changed everything. It was a possibility neither of us saw happen. Nobody predicted this happening when they watched the draft anyway. For me, Jameer Gibbs has a comp to Alvin Kamara. I think there is a real upside in the PPR value to put... There's an opportunity for him to be top five in... Or even top three in receiving touchdowns among all running backs. And it's... I'm also very willing to reach for him as well. And I like that idea too of wide receiver, wide receiver, Jameer Gibbs... Because, I mean, him, B. John Robinson, the only two running backs of the rookie class that I know is going to do great, it's, it's, it's going to be phenomenal. He's going to be worth whatever, whenever you draft him. Whenever you want to take him, yeah. it's worth it. Yeah, I fully agree. He is my two of two, my guy, right there. He's nice. my second, my guy. Um, let's talk about some guys we're going to reach on here. Wes, hit me with your first one that you're willing to just – Take him around, maybe two rounds early, just because you need him on the team. Yeah, I am very interested in, uh, well, I'll say, I thought about what happened when we did our mock draft last episode. If you haven't watched it, go to our YouTube channel. When I started taking, you know, I took Trevor Lawrence. He fell to me. You were taking uh, Justin Herbert, who is the player I'm willing to reach on. Justin mm, okay. Herbert, because what I started to look at when we did our we did our mock draft, look back at the episode, saw what happened. 
you and I both know Justin Herbert is more likely than not going to be a top five quarterback in fantasy this year. We've continued to express how excited we are with the new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. Austin Eckler is back. If Eckler has a less than average season by his standards, that's still going to help Justin Herbert. Yeah. And with Quentin Johnson, who is continuing to turn some heads and begin uh, acquiring some high praise already, even behind Mike Williams and Keaton Allen, Justin Herbert is poised for phenomenal success. Now, everyone knows this. So why am I reaching for a player? Why am, I, why am I willing to reach for a player that everyone is already trying to get? Because if you don't get Justin Herbert in the sixth round, then you have to hope that these other teams that you're drafting with that already have a quarterback don't want Tua as their backup like I did. Or they want to get Aaron Rodgers, and maybe he is going to be great in New York. And maybe someone actually listened to Fourth and Troll, and they're like, you know what? If Justin Jefferson and Jordan Anderson are getting 1,000 yards each, Kirk Cousins is probably worth having on my team, too. And then who are you left with? So consider, consider who you take and when you take for a quarterback, and if I look at the sixth round. I have it pulled up here. This sixth round is not that hot. I, I'm i not excited about a lot of these players. Go take a look at whatever uh, league format you're playing. ESPN, NFL, Sleeper, CBS, if you're playing there. Shout out to all the players that are drafting in CBS. We apologize. Um, Sorry, guys. <laughs> basically, you look at the roster. You look at what's going on. That would be an opportunity to take a quarterback that's going to be top five without having to spend your second or third or fourth round pick to get Mahomes or Allen or Hertz or whoever else is up there. Justin Fields, some people are going to reach on as well. That's why I'm saying it's not a bad idea to go ahead and reach Oh, Lamar Jackson. Not a bad idea to go ahead and reach on Justin Herbert. Yeah. I love it, and, I, and we talked about it last episode. I, I mentioned he's he's actually in my quarterback three in my rankings now. I I've, I went yeah. and looked, and it was a down year last year for touchdowns for Justin Justin Herbert. He had only had twenty five touchdowns after following up his rookie year and second year with thirty one and thirty eight touchdowns. Add Kellen Moore here. We think about how fantasy friendly and reliable the Dak Prescott was over the. You know, maybe two or three years ago with Kellen Moore there, how awesome Dak was. So just, you loved having Dak on your team. He had the 30-point potential every single week. Justin Herbert is that guy. And and I, I have no issue reaching on him. He's going – I think he's going as a QB7 in sleeper right now, which is just like it, – it's like what, like what are we what are we doing here? Like, yeah, go ahead and go ahead and reach earlier. Take him as the fifth quarterback off the board or, or something. Like, I don't – you obviously have to monitor. Know your leagues. If you're in a league with people who are gonna, you know, they're gonna go crazy on quarterback early stuff like that, you know, it is what it is. But and I think he's going to QB seven because of the touchdown count. Like people aren't, you know, looking at it last year and maybe he wasn't that good. So I love Justin Herbert and I think it's a great reach. Yep. I'm a I'm a big fan and I'm gonna keep that in mind in my leagues with you for sure. Of course, no problem. All right, let's start out nice with uh, 
Let me hear you share your first player you're going to reach in a draft, Noah. Please don't take him from me. I like him a lot, I'm sure. Okay. I'll try not to. Um, it's Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. Guys, let me bring this down for you for a second. Excuse me. Excuse me. Brandon Ayuk was the wide receiver 15 last year. Wide receiver 15, you guys. He was a 1,000-plus yard receiver with eight touchdowns. There were only 11 other players in the league last year to have done that, to have at least 1,000 yards and at least eight touchdowns. It, one, that's just enough in general to go, okay, I'll take him in the third round. So, boom, there you go. Two, listen, he's the best pure receiver on the team, and – Call me crazy, but I've got my doubts that George Kittle catches 98% of the team's touchdowns again this upcoming season like he did last year. My goodness, that was unbelievable. Brandon Ayuk is currently going as a wide receiver 29 in the 7th or 8th round. That's a guy who can be your 3rd or 4th wide receiver, depending on how you're drafting. He's well worth grabbing a round or two early, in my opinion, and I plan on doing so. I really love Brandon Ayuk this year. I'll get into Debo Samuel here in a little bit and a little, a little later, but I, I wanted to save some of the details for, for later on. But Brandon Ayuk is a guy I am very comfortable reaching on just because guys, he is uh, he, he's got this kind of almost like this weight that he's carrying around because people remember in his rookie year and his second year, one of the one of those like he was in like Kyle Shanahan's doghouse. And like for some reason, like he wasn't getting the, the play or what like what he needed or like he wasn't even on the field in like week one or something like that. He's out. He's broken out. And he, he guys, a thousand plus yard receiver with eight plus touchdowns. That is an incredible metric to have hit. And he nailed it. So he is a guy that I'm very comfortable having on my team. Kind of very comfortable reaching on a guy that I hope to have on as many teams as possible. Brandon Ayuk, I am to the moon. Let's go. Brandon Ayuk to the moon. I literally watched a video before recording this podcast on Brandon Ayuk. I love it. And how hype he is going to be. He is a phenomenal route runner. And the technicalities of his route running where he is not just running the route smoothly. He is putting the defender five yards in the other direction and he is yep. getting open. The only just sharing shout out to a to Z films. This is the channel I watched it on. I think they're phenomenal. The point of the video was saying the one thing he is going to need to improve on is his drop percentage, about a 5% drop, which is league average, but that will need to be improved upon and adding more weight and strength to get that because he is right there to be a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL, not just top 10 fantasy. He could very well be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. If this offseason goes the way it's supposed to, honestly, Brandon Ayuk, it can be a my guy. He could be a reacher. Take Brandon Ayuk everywhere, except you are right. It did happen. He's a guy I want, and you're going to take him from me, Noah, and I'm going to be upset because you're going to be right, and he's going to be phenomenal. And just let me find him again. His ADP, do you remember it? It's like ninth like round. seventh or eighth round. Yeah, he's like seventh or I think it's sleeper so seventh disrespectful. or eighth. 
It's like all, yeah, it's all around. He's wide super receiver. Late. He's wide receiver 34 on ESPN. That's what I've got in front of me now is ESPN. Wide receiver 34. I mean, the like 90th overall pick. That is embarrassingly disrespectful. Yeah. And he's going to make you all pay for how good yep. he's going to be. Fantastic one, Noah. Thanks, Great Wes. job. Tell me, uh, tell me your second reach, your second person you're reaching on here. What's your name, man? Alexander Madison. My name is Alexander Madison. I love him. We all do. We're all <laughs> excited about him. Who isn't going to draft Madison? But you have to reach for him. He's not going to stay where he is for very long. And if he does, the smart people like you and I are going to need to take him early. He is... If you checked out our TikToks and stuff, you're going to know some of the stats that we posted on there. If you're not following on social media, we're glad you're watching this episode. Please do down below TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, la, la, la. check out the stats. Listen to this. As a starter, Alexander Madison averages 20 points a game. And that would have been RB3 last year. If you convert that into what Dalvin Cook's opportunities were just last season, if you do, if you convert Alexander Madison's stats, the metrics, yards per carries, touchdown rate, all of this, it's about 15 points per game. And that's almost a full point per touch, carry, and reception. If you do the math, that's still RB5 last year. Okay, here, 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 here's a thought. Let me play a game with you, Noah. Here's the over-under on Alexander Madison. Do you think he's going to get 12 touches a game? Over-under. Uh, over. Over? Yeah, okay. So if any of you playing along at home said under, you're wrong. Uh, it's over. <clears throat> He's going to have at least 12 carries and catches combined because if he does that, 12 opportunities in a single game, that's enough for RB10 last year based on his statistics. He's going to be phenomenal. I have to reach on him. I have to. He's a fifth, sixth round player. I'll take him in the fourth. I don't care. He's going to be top 10. We've been over this last episode and the episode before. Alex M. Madison, I'll take you whenever I need to. Thank you very much. How you doing? Keep it moving. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I feel like I got a lot. I feel like I received a lot there. Um, yeah, I mean, I it, I, feel, I almost feel like I don't, I don't know if I have anything to say. Like it's He is going to be phenomenal. And Kevin O'Connell's a smart coach, and he's going to use his good players, and it's going to be a pretty good offense, too. <laughs> this offense yeah, is going to be kind of crazy. Like, it's between <laughs> between Jettas, between Addison, TJ Hawkinson, Alexander Madison. Like, it's just going to, it's just going to be something very special. And, my goodness, I just I, – I'm excited to see it. I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, and – yeah, he's going in the in the what did you say the sixth round? It's it's 
I have on ESPN, he is going in the top of the seventh round. <clears throat> That's absurd. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, we he's, can go ahead. And... I do not predict he's going to stay there come right. August. Right, yeah. We're, we'll need but... to get reports and things will shift a little bit, but... Even depending on where he ends up, yeah. people are probably still going to undervalue him, and that's probably still definitely worth a reach there. So I'm in. I like it a lot. I'm a, I'm a big fan there. Yeah. I mean, we've been over it the last few episodes. We're so high on Madison. It's going to be unreal. Our rankings are going to change. Whenever we do our final rankings for running backs, stay tuned for that because Noah and I, am sure, are going to have Madison very close to top 10, if not in our top 10. It's going to be phenomenal. Close out our reaches segment, Noah. Who's your final player that you're reaching for in this draft? I'm excited to tell you, I'm excited to tell you about him because I'm willing to admit that I was wrong and I made the wrong move last year. I don't remember exactly who I got him, got for him in a trade, but... Jahan Dotson is the other person I'm willing to reach on this year in drafts. The uh, wide receiver from the Washington Commanders. Shot out of a cannon last year. Two touchdowns in week one. Four touchdowns in the first four weeks. After his two touchdowns in week one, I was like, you know what? Value's never going to be higher, and I traded him away. I was like, yep, here we go. We're all good. Goodbye. And I don't remember exactly who I got for him. Um, I believe they ended up being a contributor on my team. So I, I, it wasn't necessarily a lost trade because then he was hurt and stuff like that. But when he returned from injury, he was on pace with Terry McLaurin in targets and was outpacing Terry McLaurin in touchdowns over that span. I don't expect the commanders to be leading in many games, you guys. It's the, it's the Marquise Brown argument that I gave already. I'm expecting another pass a lot. They've got Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator. Probably going to be pretty creative. Going to draw plays to get guys that make plays to football. John Dotson's currently going as the wide receiver 39 in the ninth round. It's crazy value there, in my opinion, and, and I'm willing to take him a round or even two rounds earlier because with how I'm going to be drafting, doing my probably doing my zero RB strategy here, he'll be a bench wide receiver. He'll probably be my fourth, maybe my fifth or sixth wide receiver that I take. I just think it's – he's a special player, and year two – Wide receivers, we we see show some flashes and stuff like that. And so I'm excited about Jahan Dotson. I think they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. I think Sam Howell is going to try and win a job, and he's going to throw to who he feels comfortable with. And I think it could be Jahan Dotson. I expect him to uh, to be a really good contributor there, contributor there this year, and to definitely outperform that ADP of wide receiver 39. Like I, I think he'll eat. I think I think worst case he's like a top 30 wide receiver, like a like a 28, 29, something like that. But I think Jahan Dotson is a very special player, and I'm excited to see it. So that's, yeah, I'm, I'm reaching out to Jahan Dotson if I need to. If you had said Terry McLaurin, I would have pushed back on this because yeah. there is this concern in the statistics of what first-year starting quarterbacks do and how their wide receivers perform and how, as you just mentioned, worst-case scenario, it's around wide receiver 30. That's pretty much where the top wideout finishes with a first-year starting quarterback, a rookie, maybe second-year like Sam Howell was never started before. But Jahad Dotson going this late in the draft is worth the risk because if it is who he can be, who we saw the first two weeks of the season, and also what we know that he did in college as well, uh, he's phenomenal. Did he go to UNC? Is this correct? I got on the fly. I'm going to figure this out. Penn State. With you. Penn State. Oh, Howell went to UNC. 
How old was yes. UNC? Yes. Uh, yes. How old was UNC? Yes. Okay. 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 Anyway, um, but the uh, the the potential of Dotson is there. I like him. I think he has a good career ahead of him. It is worth taking, uh, especially if you're. Uh, if if I've already reached on Brandon Ayuk because I'm afraid Noah's going to take him, Brandon Ayuk's in the same ADP range, then Noah's going to reach for Jahan Dotson. I think we're going to be okay. So okay. I like it. We'll make it through. We'll, we'll make it through. It. Listen, those we are a handful of players we like. Now let's talk about a few players and just crap on them real quick of guys that we don't like. Who are we? Who are we <laughs> not not picking? Not avo- no, we're just avoiding these guys at all. Wes, take it away. Yeah. The players that we're avoiding, uh, obviously, there's going to be known players, some borderline superstars, maybe some superstars. I'll start by saying that I am very likely just going to avoid Derrick Henry in my drafts. Uh, We've been over this many times about how the league is changing, even specifically in fantasy football, how the running back position is not as dominant as it used to be. And it's why a couple episodes ago we talked about Josh Jacobs not going to even likely be in the top 10 next year, even though he was the leading rusher. It's only happened twice over the last 10 years that the leading rusher is then in uh, the top 10 the next season. It also has been decades, decades since a running back has repeated the RB1 in their career ever. Mm. Derrick Henry's already done it. So if you want to read into that probability as well, there's that option as well. Most importantly, I don't want to spend a late first round, early second round pick on a running back right now. And I know you, Noah, are more heavy on the zero running back strategy. I am willing to, like you said, with Jameer Gibbs, take him in the third round. That's fine for me. It really depends on what happens. Maybe Bijan falls to me in uh, in the late first round. That's interesting. I like that. But I don't want to spend a second round pick on Derrick Henry, even if it's Derrick Henry, because you know who else I can I can get? Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown. You list any of those and you pair them with Jamar Chase. That is a championship team. I already yeah. know it's a championship team. Jamar Chase and A.J. Brown on the same fantasy football squad, that is bad news bears. And yeah. just to finish at the point, I don't know what the heck is happening in Tennessee. I'm scared yeah. of that offense. I think Chig is the safest option because there's no risk because he's the 13th, he's a 13th round player. And Noah has given very good statistics on it. It's too Derrick Henry is too expensive for me, and I can take Jameer Gibbs. I can take Alexander Madison, and I can take some of these other players we talked about: Miles Sanders, Khalil Herbert, some of these other starting players. Many more opportunities to have a good, solid running back than to spend that capital that early. That's why I'm just skipping Derrick Henry. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm with you. It's it's more just do I think he'll still get like he's one of those guys that's like he. He's probably, barring injury, he's going to get 300 touches probably. But it's just the cost on that and what he might be able to do with that. Like, you you can only play the Texans and the Jaguars so many times. So, <laughs> yeah. And for him, that's, you know, four times a year. But, um, yeah, I, I think I'm with you here. I, I don't think I'll 
I can't see myself drafting Derrick Henry in any of the league sentiment. So I agree. I, I w- I'm going to avoid Derrick Henry as well. Yeah, it's just it's just the draft capital. It's I would rather have elite elite wide receivers on my team right away because we know that's the direction the NFL is heading. So that's the first yeah. player I'm avoiding. Who is the first player that you are avoiding? Debo Samuel. And what? I've already said a lot of reasons about it, and I'm just going to double down, triple down, quadruple down. Listen, Christian McCaffrey is on that offense now. He was not there when Debo Samuel was rushing for eight touchdowns in the season as a wide receiver and then getting receiving work as well. It's just Debo Samuel will not ever be the player that he was two years ago ever again. Like He, he will not put up that same kind of production he will not be worth the ADP. He's going like the fourth round right now, guys. Like it's that is not. I if if I had to pick between D, if I was going to take Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk in the fourth round, like it, I would take Brandon Ayuk. Like that's that's where I'm at on this. Like if I had to pick between one of the two 49ers receivers, it would be Brandon Ayuk. It's just Debo is not going to return on the ADP where he's being drafted at, and it's just it's just. It doesn't make much sense to me why he still goes this high. I know he's very motivated, but like, there's a reason the the season that he was the breakout and the big name of fantasy was when he was rushing for eight touchdowns. That pretty self-explanatory there for you. So, um, yeah, just Debo is a guy that I'm out on. I'm avoiding. I I will not draft him in any single league that I'm in this year. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm. I'm holding out hope for whatever reason. I mean, not for whatever reason, but I'm just holding out hope a little bit of like, oh, he's so good. Or he was at least. Like, I just, I, I, but it is too much of a risk in a redraft. I feel I'm, I'm starting to buy into it as well. It's like, it's, I can't count on the consistency at the very least. I cannot consistently count on Debo to have even. 16 points right like i don't i mean that was kind of the expected that was his expectation for for a while and with all these opportunities i mean let's just say Ayuk doesn't pan out the way that you and i think he is george kittle's still there christian mccaffrey's still there and that alone is just a lot that's already great if Ayuk is what you and i think he's going to be then debo is I mean, you got to split this pie into quadrants now. This yeah. 49er, this San Francisco baked pie is in a quadrant, and and Debo may not have the largest portion. I don't think he will. Right. McCaffrey's going to have a ton. Uh, yeah, I'm like I'm talking in circles. I'm just agreeing with you. I'm just yeah. I'm going through the stages of grief, just accepting like maybe maybe Debo's not going to be it. Yeah. Oh well. No, it's it's a tough one to accept, but he was special for that season, and I think we're kind of past it now. Um, hit us with your your last player you're gonna avoid here, and we'll uh, close it out. Uh it's Aaron Jones, and that's obvious. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we all have uh, some trepidation, some uh, some some weariness, some leeriness about. Uh, Anybody that's in green and gold, because you could just say anyone with a G on the side of their helmet is not going to be on my team. But I'm going to highlight 
really low light, the last Aaron standing in Green Bay. And just remind all the fourth controllers here right now, okay? Don't panic, okay? Here's the scenario, fourth round, okay? Listen to generally who's in the fourth round right now. Joe Mixon, Ramondre Stevenson, Devonta Smith, my man, Mark Andrews, Najee Harris, then Aaron Jones, and then after him, Jameer Gibbs. That's generally what the fourth round looks like, okay? What's the common theme there? A whole lot of running backs right then. Yeah. Yeah. And that means people are going to start taking the last of these potentially great running backs, right? So you can see what happens. Someone's going to be like, screw it. Joe Mixon's going to be fine. No legal troubles. I'm taking him. Someone's going to be like, you know, I'm hearing a lot of good stuff about Ramondre Stevenson in New England. And I saw what he did last year. And now Damien Harris is gone. I'm taking him. Now who's left? Okay. Najee Harris, someone's been listening to fourth and troll and they know that the offensive line has been reestablished and they're going to have a good season. So Najee Harris is gone. Who's left? Aaron Jones. Don't panic and take Aaron Jones because you're worried that you don't have a running back. You're going to be fine. Just remind yourself that the Packers offense is going to be abysmal. It's okay. Wait. Just wait. Alexander Madison's around the corner. Miles yeah. Sanders is down the line. Just wait. Another Hamilton reference. Just you wait. <laughs> That's just don't panic. Don't draft Aaron Jones when you see the running backs flying off the board. Don't panic. Avoid him. If you want, take Mark Andrews. See if Lamar and Mark aren't uh, besties again. And uh, maybe take TJ Hawkinson, who's in that fourth round as well. We just talked about how great the Minnesota offense is going to be. Just don't panic. Avoid Aaron Jones. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I am, I am one, staying away from pretty much anybody in green and gold. But two, definitely Aaron Jones. Because a little stat that I want to talk about here is just, Wes, do you think Aaron Jones has rushed for more or less than eight touchdowns over the last two years. I would say more than eight touchdowns in the last two years combined. Right. More than eight rushing touchdowns in the last two years combined. Right. Except for it's not. He's rushed for six touchdowns over the last two years. That's it. Three three rushing touchdowns a year. Now, you may say, well, his, his value is the PPR. He gets work in the receiving game. Will he with Jordan Love? We don't know. That's the that's the unknown for me, and that is why for me as well, I'm avoiding Aaron Jones. It's he's not a contributor in the rushing game. He, he was so good running the football early in his career. 2018, eight touchdowns. 2019, 16 rushing touchdowns in 2019. 2020, nine rushing touchdowns, and then 2021, four rushing touchdowns. 2022, two rushing touchdowns. Like, it's just his value was in PPR over the last two years, and that's what still made him valuable. We just don't know what that looks like with without Aaron Rodgers there. So I am, I am as well avoiding Aaron Jones, and it's sad advice you give, Wes. Wes Selby, that's a, that's, a good, that's a good piece of advice you give there. 
Thank you. It's just to remind the trollers, do not panic when that moment happens because you may yeah. think, oh, I need I need a running back. That's right. Oh, my gosh, I need a running back. I got so focused on the great wide receivers. Uh, and you know, Aaron Jones might be pretty good. No, he won't. No, he won't. Yeah, no. Don't panic. Don't panic. Noah, close yeah. out our show giving the final player you are avoiding in drafts this season. Yeah, it's it's tight end for the Minnesota Vikings, TJ Hawkinson. And I just think he's going too early. He's going as the third tight end off the board. And if you guys didn't watch the draft, they added Jordan Addison. They Alexander Madison has fresh legs in the backfield. Obviously, this passing game is going to run through Justin Jefferson. But Adam Thielen, who was in what is now Jordan Addison's role, but last year ran the fourth most routes among his wide receivers. Like it's it is a it's not necessarily a weighted stat for why Hawkinson finished so well last year, but he didn't have like two 40 plus point weeks that were like really helping him out. As far as that goes, he had like two, three touchdown weeks, one for the lions and one for the Vikings. Like it was just, so while the spike weeks can happen, I just think tight end three is a little too early for TJ Hawkinson. And he's, he's one of those players that it's like, this is a great offense. It's kind of like the 49ers where it's like we don't really know exactly where the football is going to go. There's a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of good players. We're going to have to see what happens here. But um, TJ Hawkinson is a third tight end off the board. It's just a little too high for me. And so I'm just – I'm going to be out on TJ Hawkinson this year. You make a good point that he is he's, uh his ADP right now is a little high because I actually just mentioned that he's in the fourth round. And that – feels yeah that does feel early even if Hawkinson is good which I think he will be good I don't think you disagree he'll be good as well right it's just the current ADP value where if he fell to maybe late fifth early sixth yeah I hear I I'm smelling what you're stepping in I understand yeah a tight end in the fourth round not named Travis Kelsey okay all right a little tough maybe maybe a little tough you, to fully you, commit yeah, rearrange your uh, pecking order for the tight ends, figure out your rankings, and figure out maybe who do you want to go take later. All right. All right. Good that's stuff. My, that's my final point. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I know. Listen, that's going to do it for today's episode. Let us know in the comments what you think is it worth reaching for uh, a guy like, I don't know, uh, I how did I somehow I already forget who I said I'm reaching for? Brandon Ayuk? Or John Dotson or Wes, uh, or are we reaching for uh, Alexander Madison? Or what are we what are we thinking here? You know, whatever, guys. What do you? <laughs> that is the most animated you have ever been on this podcast before. It's <laughs> all over the place. Um, are you trying to avoid Debo Samuel, Derek Henry? Let us know in the comments below. Make Tuddy the trial. Tuddy the trial. Tuddy the troll <laughs> smile by hitting the subscribe button ringing the bell, leaving a like and a comment. Be sure to check us out on our social medias, which are on the screen here, as you can see. Join us next Tuesday. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And this has been Fourth and Troll Fantasy.